Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. Dr. Ngazi Azike is the director of the Illinois Department of Public Health, and since the COVID-19 pandemic began, she shaped and led the state's public health response. Illinois is just settling into phase four of the state's reopening plan, but it comes at a time when we've seen major spikes of COVID-19 pop up in states across the country. We've got many people worried about a second wave in our own region. To talk about that and more, we've got Dr. Azike on the line. Doctor, welcome to Reset. Good afternoon or good morning, rather. Hello. <laughs> We're right in the middle there. It's a sweet spot. Uh, this is for... <laughs> It's amazing because for months, it seemed like every single day you and the governor were leading the COVID-19 briefing. So I got to ask first, are you relieved to not having to be doing those every single day? No, I I take the opportunity and I embrace it as a chance to really connect with the people of Illinois. And if it helps them get the information they need, I, I was more than willing to serve. There's other work to be done. And so that gives me some time to keep uh, keep looking at the data, keep looking at what's going on around the country so that we can continue informing our people. So I don't mind the slower cadence of uh, press conferences, but I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help support Illinois. Well, that's a great place to start when we talk about the latest news on COVID-19 nationally. We're seeing major spikes in several other states, states that have already gone through their phase four reopenings. Is that a cause of concern for you? Of course. It really, really is. You know, we have been saying from the beginning, and I'm so proud to to have a, a governor that's all about the data. So while we have data in our state that says everything has been moving in the right direction, we do see what is happening in other states. And knowing that our state doesn't have, you know, borders around it and that we connect physically to six other states, And we know that, you know, Illinois is a a major target uh, destination for for tourism and summer travel. We we really have to be paying attention to what's happening outside of our state and try to see if we can glean some information and maybe make some important uh, pivots so that we don't go the same way as some of these other states. I can imagine that in the governor's office and behind closed doors, there are some pretty uh, intense meetings about when phase four might kick off. Obviously, those voices that were in those meetings are lobbyists for, for restaurants and for, for other industries that want to get back to reopening. For you to be the Illinois director of public health, how important is it to make sure this was measured, that, that this wasn't just sort of a knee-jerk economic reaction and that it was measured to keep the COVID-19 cases down and keep us from a second wave? Definitely all of the, the discussions, you know, bring all the voices to bear. There are a lot of considerations when you think about what our state has to do and how we keep it safe and how we protect livelihoods as well as lives. So there's so many important competing priorities. Uh, everyone wants to keep people safe. Uh, and it's just uh, we don't really want it to be this either or. And so that's why we've been trying to forge this line through the middle, trying to balance all of these important priorities. Yeah. You know, the phase four reopening seemed to be successful this weekend, but there there seems to be still this uh, culture around what being safe, socially distanced and protecting yourself and others looks like. 
and we see this uh, conversation happening politically and culturally around the country. When it comes to wearing masks and socially distancing and, and keeping in place the restrictions that we just went through for the last three to four months, how important is that message? How important is it for you to be a part of that conversation? No, I'm happy to lend my voice to that conversation because it's critical that we understand the facts and follow facts. The opening of our economy, of our state, it can't be done without the what we call the non-pharmaceutical intervention, these mitigation strategies such as masking and washing your hands and keeping your distance. They are part of the plan. If we have the opening without those strategies, I already know which way we're heading, and it's not what anybody wants. And so if we don't do both together, it's not going to bode well for us. Obviously, it's easier to control the spread of the virus when everyone is indoors. And we know that there's not really the appetite for that. We're trying to forge a, a different path forward. But that involves, you know, slowly opening and then keeping all these strategies in place and then following the data to make sure that we haven't moved too quickly. But you can't have the opening without the masking and the distancing. It just, the formula doesn't compute. Illinois Department of Public Health Director Dr. Ngazi Azike is with me here today on Reset. We're talking about, of course, phase four reopening and and also the numbers. And I, and I want to, I really want to get this. What what set of numbers keeps you up at night? Is it the numbers of that we see where we say how many cases were, were reported today or how many deaths or the positivity rates and and the testing rate, like all these rates that kind of get what What's the one thing you focus on that you look at to be the indicator for where we're heading? No, the truth is that all of them are really put together in context. Of course, what's very dramatic is are the number of deaths, the number of people who've actually lost their lives. That's uh, sobering. Uh, but all of, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. Before you have an individual dying, you had someone who was likely in the hospital. So the ho- numbers of people in the hospital are significant. We at one point had 5,000 5,000-something people in the hospital at one time across, across Illinois. Today, it's about uh, 1,500. You know, but before somebody ends up in the hospital, perhaps they were in an emergency department. So I'm looking at the number of emergency departments that are for COVID-like illness. Before they ended up in the emergency room, you know, they obviously got infected. So knowing the number of new cases that developed, how many new positives we have every day, that's significant. And then if we don't have actual testing to identify this, then we're sometimes living in a bubble pretending that it's not there and not identifying cases and missing all of these things will happen. Because whether you have a positive test or not, if you get sick enough, you'll end up in the emergency room, in the hospital, and then potentially a really you know, sad outcome. So all of these numbers matter. You know, We're looking at where the outbreaks are occurring when people when our contact tracers put their information into the systems and tell us where multiple cases have occurred, that identifies and signals places that we have to keep an eye on and maybe think about pulling back on. So there's so many pieces of data that I'm tracking every single day and putting it all together, I get the right picture of where we're heading and where we don't want to head. When you see 
what I guess amounts to a second wave where the flattening the curve data that we've seen over the weekend, you can start to see that the, the curve is spiking. It almost looks like peaks and valleys as opposed to one, uh, some, of the, some of the data that you see from different countries. Is it inevitable in your estimation that there will be a second wave or an uptick of cases in the state of Illinois? Or is that something that you continue to fight to, to uh, an optimistic that you can fend off? I don't think anyone can argue that the sheltering in place was effective. And I don't think it's reasonable to think that with, you know, places open at 50% capacity, even those that are 25% capacity and people heading back to work, um, even with social distancing and masking, that will not be uh, as effective as, as being at home and, and minimizing those interactions. So we expect that there will be some increase uh, but we don't want it to just start to grow in an exponential phase like what we saw several months ago. So we are accepting increase is inevitable, uh, but it's the amount of increase that we just don't want it to get to an untenable uh, situation where we're actually even threatening health care capacity and just having this exponential growth of cases. And I understand it would be the governor's choice if, if, you know, we have to go from a phase four back to phase three. But is hospital, when you talk about hospital capacity, is that really an indicator to how far and how fast we move to reopen? Because that's really been the, the, the stat that we kind of look at to see where we're at when it comes to fighting this or being prepared for it. So is that something that, that we should all pay attention to is, is hospital capacity uh, as we move forward trying to get back to uh, some sort of normalcy? It is an important metric. Um, we know that there is uh, supportive care that can be given within the hospital. We saw an extreme example in Italy where some of the deaths were not necessarily because they couldn't get cared for, but, well, it was that they couldn't get cared for. They couldn't even get a hospital bed to get any of the supportive care. And so we don't want it to be where people are dying in, in the hallways or, you know, in the streets because there's not even the ability to put somebody uh, in a hospital and, and give them oxygen or monitor them and, and give them support. So um, hospital capacity does matter. You know, obviously, you know, if there are good therapeutic uh, cures, therapeutic modalities that can help calm the illness, you know, when we have a vaccine, this will be a different conversation. So, so many pieces are necessary just because something is open doesn't mean we have to go and uh, partake of it. I think things are open, but people still have the right to, to stay home if there's something that's non-essential. Maybe they will opt for a smaller gathering than, than a gathering of 50. Again, we know that outdoors is much safer than indoors. So if you have an option, pick the, the safer option. I mean, there's still choice in this. And, in addition to wearing the mask, in addition to maintaining, you know, six feet of distance, there's also the ability to turn down certain invitations if we think it's going to put people right. in an unsafe situation. Right now, it feels to me like the Illinois Department of Public Health, and you guys have done a tremendous job, a lot of it is reactionary to a pandemic that's coming to us and, and being you know, having to figure out what you can do with the limited resources that the state provides and the, and the federal government provides. As you move forward in this job, do you have to start making a transition to to be proactive about how you're going to design the Illinois Department of Public Health 
with COVID-19 as a part of it, meaning that it's going to be with us forever, even when there's a vaccine, it's going to be around. So do you have to start thinking about almost a pivot from reaction to proactive? That's correct. Um, We have learned so much from this pandemic. It's exposed so many of the agencies, you know, shortcomings, if you will, or areas of opportunity, more positively put. Uh, And so we definitely know that we don't want to be in a position where we're just reacting to things. You know, we know that we're putting in uh, surveillance systems to make sure that we can identify things before they're fully characterized so that there can be markers that we are tracing that we will see an uptick in something, you know, abnormal uh, before it's a widespread, you know, epidemic or outbreak. You know, we are trying to get the right enough personnel, enough uh, data, informatics, you know, our collection systems, all of these are necessary to help prevent future similar occurrence. And so that is very key that we try to think about what we need to do to prevent these things as opposed to to reacting. And it involves the staff, it involves infrastructure, it involves informatics systems, and all of those things we are trying to work on now. There's going to be so many stories that will come out as time goes on. But even Kristen's story today at WBEC about how patients were transferred or not transferred from hospital to hospital uh, during COVID trying to find beds seem to be something that, as the Illinois Department of Public Health moves forward, you guys will have a better understanding of how that worked last time and how you can fix it for the next time. It's a great point. And I meet regularly with the hospital leadership for all the hospitals across the state as coordinated by the Illinois Health and Hospitals Association. And so those conversations have been had. We have talked about how we need to be able to move seamlessly to get people to the settings that they need for the appropriate level of care. So very important point. We have identified that, you know, as part of this, quote, first wave that's already occurred, you know, we're already looking at our, you know, after action report and plan and trying to identify things that went really well and areas that could be uh, beefed up so that we can do a much better job if we see more and that we're ready to uh, strengthen up some of the areas that uh, had some deficiencies. That's uh, Dr. Ngazi Azike. She's the director of the Illinois Department of Public Health. Dr. Azike, thanks so much for joining us today on Reset. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And that's today's Reset. For the latest on the COVID-19 pandemic in Chicago and around the country and around the world, tune in to 91.5 WBEZ or go online at WBEZ.org. I'm Justin Kaufman. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you back here again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.